0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Dr. Demiso A. Josie with the Empowerment Perspective Group. Coming up on this episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, I sit down with Gerald Hoover. He is an author. He is a motivational speaker. And we sit down and we talk about his hero book series, um, specifically geared to young men. He um, has some very good stories that he's putting out and really good content um, that he's putting out through this series. Uh, we also sit down and we talk about his writing process and the importance of writing. So make sure you check out this Particular episode on the Empowerment Perspective podcast, and this is the Empowerment Perspective.
1: Right, but I wanted to do that so that young men and women that didn't like reading, like I didn't like reading, will be able to read the book, answer the questions, do, do a great book report, but have you know, improve with the literacy. Now, mind you, even though I wasn't a reader, a reader back then, I knew how to
0: market to non-readers because I was one Alright, welcome to yet another episode of the Empower Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso A. Josie, and today I have a special guest on, um, but shout out to LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been um, kind of our a segue to finding these guests that we have on, so shout out to them. I linked up with this brother on LinkedIn. He is an author, he's a motivational speaker, he's a sports journalist. Um, he does just about everything. I'm hoping that he can come down here and, and south jersey and, and help shovel me out but um i'd like to welcome gerald hoover to the show how are you doing today sir
1: i'm I'm doing good my brother and uh, again happy new year uh, to you and yours and uh welcome to uh, uh well no not welcome because y'all have it but enjoy your uh, winter wonderland <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all right it's gonna be your turn soon. you know it's gonna be you, it, man. To point you know what's coming Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I just want to get right into it. Uh, We have a lot of educators that follow us um, here in the United States as well as abroad. So shout out to those that are overseas that are listening to the Power Perspective podcast. Um, But uh, we have a lot of educators on here. And I think this particular book uh, series is going to be tailored towards them. But I want to just dive into it real quick. And I want you to tell me, like, why did you write this in the first place?
1: You know, it's funny. um, When I talk to young men and women in schools, one of the things that I tell them, and they have to explain to them as I say it, is that I was blessed with a speech impediment. You know, usually, I mean, people don't say you're blessed with an a, a infirmity or, or deformity or abnormality or whatever. But I would say the fact that I couldn't speak that well made me a better writer. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I would explain, a pers- explain that if a person is deaf, you know, his eyesight would be stronger and vice versa and so forth. So I had to explain that part to them. So I said that uh, the fact that I couldn't speak well made me a better writer. But I've always been the type of person that when something bothered me, I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. So the first time I wrote a book, was, what I call writing a book was, and my aunt always teases me about this. Uh, when I was in eight, third grade, I was eight years old. My mom and dad were going through a divorce. So I wrote a book called I Was a Sad Boy. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't realize that I was journalizing or I was writing things to go off my chest. Mm-hmm. I just wrote. You know what I mean? So it was just something that I did, and uh, I wrote down everything that made me sad. But what, I, what that did was it sort of gave my mind by the spirit a therapeutic release mm-hmm. where I was able to write things out as opposed to being a knucklehead. I mean, I was knucklehead enough, <laughs> so I didn't have to go extra. And uh, so writing helped me then. And then when I was in ninth grade, uh, because race relations between Blacks and whites and even Blacks and Jamaica, was so bad at my high school, my brother in high school at that time. This is like in a very early '80s, late '90s, late late '70s, early '80s that I started. I embarked on writing a book, and I don't I don't remember the title, but the main premise was I had a black youth and a white youth, and I made them best friends, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do that to sort of show the world that we can do it. And I made a mistake. I let an English teacher read the book, and he sort of like trashed it. Mm -hmm. White gentleman. And I, I don't think it was being racist and like that. It I'm, not, I'm not gonna say say that, but he kind of like, you know, kind of, and I put it down. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I was I was I was in like maybe chapter five. Now back in those days, I didn't have a typewriter, mm. and I'm gonna say it again, typewriter. So I wrote everything by hand. Mm. Okay, so I, knew I was in the fifth chapter in a in a spiral book, and um, so I, I stopped. But now here's where I got the premonition. Of, of this, this story here, I wrote a speech, right? See, writing is it's, it's been my thing. Mm-hmm. I wrote a speech and the speech was, I was 17 years old at the time, I wrote a speech to other 17-year-olds
0: mm-hmm. and
1: my goal was to encourage young men and women not to do drugs, mm-hmm. right? You know, leave alcohol alone, don't do drugs, you know, just because unfortunately my dad and my father's side of the family, that they were decimated with drugs and alcohol. Well, mainly alcohol. He did both, and and he left his earth in forty three. Mm. So he missed he missed the birth of my son by two four years, and so. But I wrote, I wrote this speech, but like in what 82, 83, I had there, there were no platforms. You know, fax machines wasn't really whatever. But who's who who was I going to fax it to anyway? And we didn't have social media the way we have it now. So. I was like, well, I got to speak what I'm gonna do with it. And I studied. So I'm like, I'm not gonna say this speech, you know? I mean, I'm not gonna recite the speech. I'm not gonna do anything like that, but it was it was laboring in my spirit, right? And so I say around June or July, I remember I was in 4th Street Playground, which is a popular basketball court in my running, And I had this thing, like, I mean, I really had like a come to Jesus moment, if you will. Like, I had a real premonition, like, write a book, and bring a char- make a character say your speech. You know what I mean. Give give the speech. And I'm, I'm actually playing basketball. I was I wasn't like sitting in a park bench daydreaming. I was actually playing. And I'm getting this, like you know, one of them type of things. And um, that was in June, but it kept festering. It kept festering, man. I mean, like every day, I'm thinking. I'm even I even had to I even had the character's name in my head. You know what I mean? It was like 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 something, something was like really calling me, and so. October 17th, I embarked on the mission of writing. Mm-hmm. Now remember I've mentioned typewriter before, right? Mm-hmm. So it's funny, I've been, tell, I've been telling the story now for so long, it's, 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 I know backwards front was and everything else. I used an ironing board, my mother's ironing board as my desk. And, 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 and I like to tease and say, I had a project ironing board. <laughs> What's the project ironing board? Well, one that wasn't stable. No disrespect to projects, I'm, a, I'm project <laughs> baby. Uh, so I had to use my mother's uh, one of her scarves and tied at the bottom, and so and then I had to sort of put it between my legs so it wouldn't collapse on it. So when I wrote. I had something <laughs> to write with, bruh. And, and, and um, so I started writing, right? And and, and I'm, I'm getting names. I mean, names are coming to me, characters and whatnot. It's flowing. I wrote the first draft by hand, mm-hmm. right? I got a spiral notebook and just wrote and. and think about how technology is now where you can speak into a device and it types words and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, how in the world did I sit at a typewriter, go to the library or wherever I was and write by hand, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The first full draft. So now I'm going to tell you what's, what's interesting. I gave the draft to an older cousin of mine, Ron, right. And cause I, he's a reader, very smart man. And uh, so I respected the opinion, you know? So I said, uh, I wrote something. I told him, I saw my church. I said, I wrote something. I want you to read it. He said, okay, bring it to church next Sunday. So I'm thinking all week, I'm 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 hype, man. I'm like, yeah, cuz gonna be telling me you're gonna be on over, dude. You got skills, you do you you the dude, you know? Man, he he, he took the thing right. And he, he said, Okay, give me a week, let me read this, or oh, two weeks, something like that. So time went by and I'm 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 walking on water, because I'm like, when well, he get this thing and so he said you want me on? He said answer the phone at eight o'clock. He saw me at church that day. two weeks later, so saw me at church. He said, answer the phone at eight o'clock. So you know, back then we had a call week.
0: So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm aging
1: I'm 56. All right. So I'm letting you know I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a young head, but you know, old man body <laughs> I ain't call myself no old head. But, uh-huh. uh, so I'm guarding the phone like like a security guard. Nobody used the phone. <laughs> you know, so pick up the phone, I, not he rings, I pick up the phone first ring. What's up, Ron? He said, you sitting down? Sitting down? I mean, like, for what? <laughs> I mean, <that> week's, <laughs> asking, you asked know, you know? So, um, bruh, he read me the riot. <laughs> I mean, he addressed me. <laughs> I mean, I went from cheese smile <laughs> to like tears. I mean, literally, I'm like, I was like, I was so mad with freezing fire.
0: Because
1: uh-huh. he was like, dude, you don't read books you don't do it. You know, you don't read. I'm like, I do read. And they, they, oh, No, no, he said, you don't read books. No, no, I'm sorry. He said, you don't read. He said, I couldn't read. He said, you don't read. Mm-hmm. Right? He said, you know, you don't read books. You don't do this. And I'm like, I read. He said, what, what do you read? I said, well, I read the Bible. You know, first mm-hmm. verse or two. Yeah, I wasn't no real Bible reader back then. Mm-hmm. And, and I because I'm a newspaper reader. So I've always loved sports or so magazines and whatnot. So he, and it was so funny. He said, that's good if you want to be a preacher and a sports writer. Right. I ended up being a deacon in church, teaching Sunday school. And a sports writer, so
2: call
1: <laughs> you know, that one too, right? Yeah. So now what he told me to do, he said, dude, he basically was telling me your technique and flow and everything is horrible. And what was interesting, he understood what I wanted to do because
2: mm-hmm. he can
1: see the premise. He can see, like, I guess, raw talent there, but it was just, I mean, I was totally undisciplined, mm-hmm. but, but I guess he can tell that I had something there, mm-hmm. right? So he tells me, he said, you gotta read five books, before you get this manuscript back. Now, I hadn't read one, because anytime we had book reports, and I'm in 12th grade now, I would go to the library little bookshelf back there, find me the thickest book. If it had the inner inner notes on the side, okay. Write my little thing, give it to the teacher. Got it there every time.
2: Right.
1: Hey, hey, hey! I mean, writing because writing was my thing. Right, but I was cheating because I wasn't reading. Mm. Right, and, and I'm gonna tell you a funny thing that happened when I read the first book, which was Miss Jane Pittman, and this cover had a lady. I used to have, a, I used to have a crush on her. And she's she's in heaven, hopefully now. Uh, Tisney Tyson. Mm. I had a crush. I had a crush on that overbite. There was no reason. I just had a crush on her. <laughs> and so, so she, um, she was on the cover of the book. Because she played Miss Jane Pittman. Mm-hmm. And so, but I read that book, bruh. Oh, no, I'm with this. he's okay. He said, we'll get five books. They don't have to be too thick. They can be a good size. Then he says, don't try to be slick because I'm going to ask you questions. Mm-hmm. So now, because I'm, like, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get me a book and notes and not do it. But what he did was he burst something in me because mm-hmm. I read the book, right? The first book, and I'm reading it as if I'm studying for a final exam. Seriously, I, I promise you, I mean I'm reading it and I am memorizing scenes, I'm memorizing names. And and I'm thinking like Mr. Jane Pittman, he read that, you know, he saw so whatever. So he knew so I, I don't even remember that Miss Jane Pittman's first husband got kicked in the head by a horse, something something crazy like that. I mean I was like, i I remember obscure stuff because I'm thinking he gonna ask me a hundred questions. All right. So I read the first book in two days. I got enlightened. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean literally I got in light, and I'm like, Whoa, I read a full book from cover to cover. I, I mean, I'm in 12th grade now,
2: mm-hmm. all
1: right. I mean, what like I was a uh, fifth grade, I was in 12th grade, but I felt like, Man, that felt good. So, I read the next book, two days, next book, two days. So, I read all five books within a two week period, less than two, like, like maybe 10, 11 days. You know, it wasn't even two weeks. I read it, and I was ready for the, for the quiz. He just gives me the manuscript back didn't ask me one question. Mm. And I'm like, you didn't, I did all the studying and, and then you uh, know he did he said, here, now rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So now I go back and rewrite it by hand. Mm-hmm. But but I, but my level of output went from like say a 30 to a 70. Mm-hmm. I mean it was a a a major jump because mm-hmm. then I realized that when you when a person is speaking uh, speaking, you 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 put in quotes. I mean it was, it was a lot of things I wasn't doing. Right. Then I saw by reading and I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I was doing, this is what I was doing. So once he saw how dedicated I was, yeah. he was with me. Said, okay, yeah. now nah, I got you. Yeah. Now nah, the fun part happened after that. Yeah. But, you, know, you ask me a question, then I, you know, I get to it. But that like, was- that's what got me
0: writing. All right. There's a couple of things you said that kind of resonated with me. Um, one, I, I met a lot of people who had speech impediments or who have speech impediments, and they use some sort of art form to kind of break them out of. It. Um, down in Atlanta, I met a brother who's... Um, dealing with uh, a speech impediment, but he's using hip hop and writing to kind of break out of it. So the arts can be used to help people with speech impediments. Um, The second thing is that um, you never really know where your inspiration will come from. Um, I wrote a book about my life called Life Music. um, And at one point in time, I thought I was going to be this hip hop artist and I was going to write this album called Life Music. Um, But for some reason, God was like, you know, that's not how this is supposed to come out. So I thought it was going to be this album. But then, you know, God spoke to me and was like, you know, you're going to put it in the form of a book. So um, um, that's, that's kind of, you never know where this, this motivation is going to come from and this inspiration is going to come from, but, um, let's talk about the series. Like, wh- what's the series about?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh so my friend, my right hero was born. All right. So I was playing with the title, right. At first I had, I think my I think the first working title was to pluck a flower, but that sounds, sounded girlish. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, 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 and then, and then I, I let, let, a, um, one of my cousin's husband, well, actually, what well, she wasn't good. she got a distant Friend, good friend of the family. Her husband like read the story. He liked it, but the title sounded like he said it sounded sexual. I'm mm. like, what? How do you get sexual out of the bucket of flour? I mean, the bucket of flour meant somebody died or something like that. Yeah, I almost said like you're dummy. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, where do you get that? Oh, I'm like, of all things, I'm like, really? Yeah. But I, 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 you know, his his reason was like way out there, but. But then I but I thought about it, I was like, hmm, maybe I can't do something with the title. And then my cousin, the same one, Ron, I had a I had a fictitious town, fictitious town called Breckwood, which I think it is a Breckwood Long Island. But um I used that. So he came with the he came with the idea and said, why don't you just use Mount Vernon? And I'm like, that's a novel idea. Oh, why not? He said you're from Mount Vernon, but you know, it's fiction, but let it it'll be realistic. And I'm like, okay, once he did that, man, it came. Then the title came My Friend, My Hero. And what the title of My Friend, My Hero was is, is a basketball player by the name of Bennett. His best friend, his name is Kirby. Kirby can't play that well. But the way they interact with each other, you would think that, okay, Bennett is the, is the hero because he's a ball player and Kirby is just a friend. But how I had, and, and when you read the story, you'll see that. That title sort of intertwined right in some in some cases, Bennett was a friend and Kevin was a hero, and vice versa because of the way their friendship was mm-hmm. and I'm being honest with you man, even though it's fiction, the beauty of their friendship was so powerful and there's certain things that that happened within the context of the story and I'm going to tell you another thing that happened because I'm a spiritual person and um I did a lot of fasting and praying. Mm-hmm with this book, right? Before, I mean, like I'm talking about even in manuscript form. I'm, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm, I, I'm taking the manuscript to my church, putting it on the altar, you know, during so service. I mean, I was doing all kinds of, because my thing was I said, Lord, write the book through me. Hmm. Right? Because I have no noble family, and you know, like that. And there. So I, I'm like, give me the words to say, give me the strategy, give me everything that I need to make this work. Now, one thing I'm going to say, let me pause for a second, and, and, and you can relate to this, God is. He has. His, I mean, when they say? You want. You want to. <laughs> you want to make plans? Let God know. I mean, it, it, gets, it gets a little funny, right? But even when God calls you to do something, right? This is. This is weird. Now, if you, if you want to know the ultimate challenge of a God of a God call, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, Jonah, or the real chief among them, Moses. Mm-hmm. Okay, Moses' calling was out of this world. Okay, I don't even think Moses was human he, he was a little different he got he got pulled out of a river
2: mm-hmm.
1: he was raised as an Egyptian for like for 40 years then he's in what slavery but whatever you know have you a wilderness I mean he's he's in wandering for like 40 years then he has to come back at 80 pick up his people mm-hmm. and God tells him uh by the way <laughs> you're gonna hear the keys <laughs> go tell Pharaoh unlock the door. But, but as Moses leaving the house, he's, oh, by the way, I'm going to harden the Pharaoh's heart. He's like, huh? I, I mean, like, wait a minute. You call me I'm a burning bush and telling me all this, that you're going to tell me to go get him. Okay, I mean, tell him, tell him to let your people go, but you're going to harden his heart? Mm. I mean, he must have been thinking he was punked. I'm like, OK, like, what is this about? So he has to go ten rounds with this dude, right? And and but now with but 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 that's a microcosm of this though. You get called to do something, you know. You call to do something. Is it everything? Everything is in the is in the stars that you call, but don't mean it's gonna be easy,
2: Hmm.
1: right? And because I remember one time, this is crazy. I'm writing. Remember the ironing board, right? I'm home right on a Saturday. Window. I'm gonna. I live on. I live on the tenth floor. Windows wide open. Cause we had no AC back then. Mm-hmm. Windows was open, right? And, and we had the windows on the bottom, which, which can pull in. We had the windows that can uh, the uh, the uh, top that can pull out, push out. So we had, we had, we had AC, but it was the it was the it was the environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing, right? It was a sunny day, and I'm hearing my friends outside playing. Cause I mean, I mean, even though I'm on 10th floor, I can hear them in the you know in a, in a playground. they just having a good time, and I said to myself. Why am I doing this? Because I'm literally, I'm writing. I'm like, why am I doing this? And just as clear as you hear my voice, always mm-hmm. spoke to me audibly and said, this is not just about you. Mm. Keep writing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now I I didn't go to the window talking about that you, Lord. I didn't do all that. I just basically just turned back around and kept writing. But in my mind, I was thinking, OK, next year from now, I'll be on Oprah. I'm going to be on Merv Griffin. I mean, I'm dating myself, right? But I, I'm going to be on Phil Donahue, one of them shows. Yeah. And I'm going to be chilling. Not So that's when the fun started.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I started October 17, 1983. I started sending the books out in June of 84. And I was getting rejected, 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 rejected. And some more rejected, 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 rejected. Up until 1992. Eight years of rejection. About 40 about forty rejections. until I finally got one person to take a chance on me, and next year will be 30 years since the book has been published
0: wow that's awesome now to my understanding there's a curriculum piece um to, to this this series can you talk about that a little bit sure
1: well what i did was two things and my mother swears i'm the one who started this but even with the book here now this is the old edition i mean i'm, I'm saying this is the newest edition 25 year anniversary but next year it's gonna say 30 um, I said, I said to myself, I said, when the book gets published, not if, when the book is published, I'm not worried about the bookstores, I'm not worried about all that. I'm gonna have it so that schools can buy the book. And so what I did was I put essay questions at the end of the book, right? Essay questions and discussion topics, right? But I wanted to do that so that young men and women that didn't like reading, like I didn't like reading, will be able to read the book answer the question, do, do a great book report, but have you know improved with the literacy. Now, mind you, even though I wasn't a reader, reader back then, I knew how to market it to non-readers because I was one of them. So I should teach you wrote the way I did, but that's just something that's in the book. But I went further than that, where I hired a curriculum specialist to, to, to make out a student success guidebook, because I want young men and women to be able to write things and learn and, and think critically it teaches a teacher's edition, so where the teacher all she got it all he or she had to do is look at the look at the answers and and correct accordingly. And then I did something called a unit assessment where you had a pretest and post-test and you have certain things that you can have data uh, so that you can measure how the student improved their um, their reading and literacy capabilities. So my thing was to enlighten, equip uh, empower, educate and entertain, you know? And so those five E's was in my spirit to really help young men and young women. And I'm going to say one thing really quick. And I just, I just saw this recently it it disturbed me. It said that um, 85% of the youth that are in the penal system, 85% are functionally illiterate, Hmm. functionally illiterate, 85%. So what does that tell you? If you don't read and write, can't read and write, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in your life right now.
0: Good.
1: And um so reading and writing, especially for us, our color, mm-hmm. it is it's 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 it's, it's, virally, it's it's a matter of life and death
0: at right. this point. That's great. So where can people find the book? How can they get it?
1: Oh sure. Uh well the Hero Book Series is a brand. And it's also on my website. The and make sure you gotta put T-H-E on it, theherobookseries.com. And um, you know, you'll know you see my website, you'll see me. Uh, you can go to uh, hack backslash books and you'll see uh, book trailers. And it's a button to where you say find a book. Also, believe it or not, you can go to Barnes & Noble, Walmart, uh, Target, any, anywhere online. It, it's all over the place. So I, I've been blessed to been published six times. while well, I'm doing it now, I got my own company. it's been a wonderful journey man and now just just so you know i'm actually expanding the series to where these same characters are gonna have life when they were toddlers Mm -hmm. so i'm expanding the series to where it's not just my friend my hero he was my hero too a hopeful hero and hoop hero which is the the bigger version right from say grade 7 to 12 but i'm making it so that pre-k We'll have a hero, a basketball hero's born, some other things. And every title is going to have the word hero in it Mm -hmm. because I'm looking for social and emotional learning to even be in the titles.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question. So you kind of answered it already. So um, we're going to go go ahead and transition to the Teacher's Lounge. So if you have been following the Empowerment Perspective podcast, we have a segment called the Teacher's Lounge. where We play a game called this or that. Um, So we're going to to ask you uh, a series of questions. I'm going to give you two options. Pick one and tell us why you picked that one. So let's just get right into this or that inside of the Teacher's Lounge. Um, The first one is writing or presenting. Writing. Why writing?
1: Because writing, believe it or not, does, and studies have shown this, physical writing does things for the brain that just regular presenting doesn't. Uh, uh, writing has a, a almost a healing mechanism. There's like ten different things that, that I have documented that, that I got off the internet that writing does. It, it helps memory. I'm talking about physical writing. I'm not talking about typing or texting. I'm talking about physical writing. It helps memory. It helps with stress. I mean, there are a lot of things that that I believe would help a lot of our young men and women with ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of cognitive problems that that people have, young and old. If we went back to the old time way and wrote, and a matter of fact, I can even guarantee you this: you start writing numbers down, you'll be able to memorize them mm-hmm. as opposed to just what's your number and you type mm-hmm. it in the, in the, uh thing. And then you know, it's like, I need your mother's number. Uh, let me look at my phone.
2: Uh-huh. Your mother's number. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I, just, I, I never look at it. I just I just, just, just hit yeah,
2: the
1: but I'm gonna tell you something and I'm gonna be honest with you. If we don't go back to some foundational mechanisms, we're gonna lose generation after generation. Mm-hmm. Because what's that saying? If you don't you use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a person saying they're gonna get in shape and all they doing is with them sitting in the, the lounge chair with the remote in their hand. You can watch YouTube all you want to, uh, Rich Russell Simmons or Richard Simmons or Jack Elaine, whoever's whoever. You can watch them guys all you want to. If you ain't out there physically doing it, you ain't getting in shape. Yeah. So, with everything being text, 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 we're not really helping this.
0: I mean, I, I agree because in my job, like every day I write a list. Um, and if I physically write it down, I don't have to look at that list again. Uh, but if I go on my phone, if I'm on the road, and I'm on the go and I'm making a list, I got to keep going back and back to that uh, that that list that's on that phone. But if I write it down, it, it, it does something that kind of sticks inside of my brain. So I completely agree with that.
1: But before we before we um, end the show, I, I, want, I want to share something with you and our audience that's really deep about reading and writing. So I, I, I just, if you give me like 30 seconds, I'm, I want to say something. about. It.
0: Oh, absolutely. I will give you I'll give you that for sure. Um, but I want to see if I'm on point here uh, with this next one. The Bronx or Mount Vernon?
1: Oh man. Ooh. Okay, I was born in the Bronx, but I was raised in Mount Vernon. Oh man. And and they right next to each other. I mean, you know, it's funny. You you hear the word Mount Vernon, you think you're in the Poconos. Uh-huh. You're in like Mount Airy Lodge or, or Mount Kisco or somewhere like that. Nah, it, it, the Bronx is right here. Mount Vernon is right here. Um all right, I'm gonna say Bron- no, 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 I'm gonna say Mount Vernon because the story takes place in Mount Vernon, and there's some other things I got going on between documentaries and other stuff like that. So I'll go, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Mount Vernon.
0: I won't, I won't be like P. Diddy and, and, and claim all of them. It. It's kind of funny you should say that because the next one is uh, P. Diddy or Swiss Beats. You got one
1: from the Bronx and you got one from Mount Vernon. I'm, I'm going to go with Pete Daddy man. He got my run ties. Man. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the homie, even right. though he claimed Harlem,
0: but, you know, I'm going to go right. with homie. He definitely did. All right. My last question, let's take it back to the old school on this one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Boogie Down Productions or Terror Squad? Boogie Down. Okay.
1: The boogie. The boogie. boogie. <laughs> got to go with the boogie. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. When in doubt, Boogie.
0: I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, brother Gerald, Hoover, thank you for your time. Definitely appreciate you um, coming on and sharing this information with us today. I'm definitely going to give you some space um, to, to say any last words out there. Um, but if you are out there and you listen to this podcast or watching this podcast on YouTube, make sure you check out the brother's website and make sure you check out that hero book series. So uh, make sure you, you do it. It's, got, it's a great story and it has that curriculum piece. Don't forget that for all you educators out there. So uh, Brother Hoover, any last words you have for us?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year's to everyone. Happy, I hope you have a blessed and safe one and just really do great things. I want to thank you for having me on here. It's, it's been an honor. And, uh, you know, I, I was looking forward to this all day. So I'm definitely excited. I was definitely excited about it. Um, I would say reading and writing is, is when I say I, I touched on it before, it's really like a matter of life and death for us. Because I think back slavery time, right? When our forefathers and our ancestors were getting. Beaten, humiliated, tortured in front of the whole camp because they were even trying to read and write and now and the reason why I'm talking about that is because i've I sort of realized why slave owners didn't want our parents to read because you remember I just told you how I felt when I read Miss Jane Pittman mm-hmm. something something was birthing inside me you know what I mean it, it was it was it was weird that was like I read that book from cover to cover I was like. I feel like I won a championship or something because I started something and I finished it, but I allowed my brain to mind travel. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I just saw things. I got better with literacy. I, there were certain things that happened with me, but I got empowered. And what I and what, what it, Sir uh, Francis Bacon said in 1597, if I got it right, he said knowledge is power. The reason why knowledge is power, because knowledge with power breeds confidence when you have confidence nothing stops you it, you know i mean god's blessing was with me for me to do what i did but if i didn't have confidence that i was going to write be a published author when i got rejected time and time after time there's no way where i would have done it i would have stopped after at least third or fourth one mm. right but the fact that i knew that my book was good i just i was confident that something's gonna come of this that's because i started getting knowledge i started started reading then i became a then i became a reading fanatic i mean you look at my thing and that, that's just some of them that you just see but it's important that we read and write because we start to use certain parts of the brain that you're not going to get just by doing this you know what i mean just, just by texting and so forth because there's certain things that's 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 working it's, it's like exercising your body you know if you just exercise from one side of your body the other side is not going to benefit so you got to get the whole thing going especially if you're healthy so, you know, I wanted to just say, I want to in, 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 in encourage young and old, particularly young, pick up a book. And there's virtue in picking up an actual book because with your five senses at work, I mean, books on tape, my, my books on audio too. Yeah, I'd I say get it, yeah, but I'd rather get the book because it's something about feeling the texture in your hand. And then letting your eyeballs see it, that the whole body benefits from reading mm-hmm. and processing information and, and it's different examinations. This way you, your brain becomes more healthy. So, I, I again, and if, and if you write things down, like you just said yourself, when you write things down, you memorize them better. Mm-hmm. And that's not a strange technique. That's what we did when we were younger, how we grew up. Certain things we can't abandon because we're going to need them.
0: Again, Brother Hoover, I thank you uh, for joining us today on this podcast and sharing this information. Um, hopefully we can get this information out so people can uh, connect with you, um, link up with you and, and read the book. Um, and also make sure that you are out there writing. Uh, writing does something to your brain. It does something to your memory. Physically write it down. Um, I'm, I'm an advocate for that. Um, I definitely, definitely like writing it down. Uh, just some housekeeping things for those of you listening to pound perspective podcast march 23rd we will be speaking at the world education summit um, there'll be a little promo at the beginning and the end of this podcast for you to check that out for more information about that so all you educators out there this is probably one of the better summits and um conferences that i've been to Um, This is a a global one, so you get uh, a bunch of educated voices from across uh, the world, um, not just the United States or in your local area, so check out the World Education Summit. Uh, My name is Dr. Demiso A. Josie, and as always, stay empowered. This episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Oakland Cocktail Company. Oakland Cocktail Company is a cocktail mocktail mixer company located in Oakland, New Jersey. A portion of sales goes towards helping build our local communities. All cocktail mixers are made in small batches and crafted by hand to ensure quality and care. We make you a better bartender. There will be two flavor profiles released in March. Clinton Ave. Sriracha Bloody Mary. Make your place Brunch Central with this full-body, spicy, savory cocktail mix. Tough enough to stand alone or mix with your favorite vodka or tequila. Spicy and fresh from the first pour to the last sip. Kendall Boulevard, pineapple, lime, and jalapeno. Enjoy a juice cleanse or elevate your favorite tequila or vodka with this sweet and spicy mix. We've bottled the freshest summer taste for you to enjoy all year round. Every sip will take you on vacation. The Oakland Cocktail Company can be found on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Oakland Cocktail Company.